Hello and welcome to another edition of the Power Sweep Podcast presented by North Coast Sports. Antonio Castro joined once again by Chris Van Dyne here. Appreciate all you guys for tuning in and listening to this week's uh, edition of the Power Sweep Podcast. Uh, before we get into this weekend's action, just want to remind everybody, let you know what we have going on this weekend. Very special weekend going on. We have our college total game of the month going on this Saturday. That college game total is 26 and 9 the last three years that's a 74 percent clip so really excited about this weekend uh all of our all of our star ready college totals this year uh are 19 and 12 that's 61 percent so the college totals continue to be on fire uh those nfl late phones a top late phone play it did go down unfortunately last week but that was the first time in five weeks that we had lost that one that top play now 16 7 and 1 70 percent clip the last Last two years. And why am I letting you know this? Because uh, I've got a good deal going on this weekend. You can get uh, that totals game of the month, all of our star rated side selections on Saturday, as well as, as our star rated Sunday selections. All for just $79. You know what? Not only that, you will also get our marquees on Friday and Monday. And uh, all of that as low as $79 if you're a 2020 Power Sweep subscriber. If you want to add the rest of the college totals, and I recommend that you do, you can do so for just $29 additional dollars. So again, $79 if you're a 2020 Power Sweep subscriber will get you that college total game of the month on Saturday. It'll get you all of our star-rated side selections on Saturday and all of our star-rated selections for the NFL Sunday, as well as marquees on Friday and Monday. So that's really uh, the best deal that we've got going on in my opinion this weekend $79 for a 2020 power sweep subscriber if you're not signed up for that 2020 edition of power sweep yet it is just $69 so uh really really should uh you should take advantage of that and if you're not I mean you got to subscribe to power sweep I mean those college key selections a perfect 4 and 0 last week those NFL star rated selections in the power sweep are 8 and 1 over the last 3 weeks so and the newsletter is on fire and you might as well get get on board and get our late phone selections as well as those continue to rack up win after win week after week okay enough about that Chris let's get into this week's slate of games we got a great weekend of of college football going on and we picked out uh, six games that we think you're going to be interested in this week we're going to start it off on the east coast in Annapolis look at the option matchup between Tulane and Navy then we're going to go uh to the Midwest, look at that ACC matchup between Miami and Pitt. Then we're going to take a look at what was going to be the biggest game of the weekend uh, before last week, Wisconsin at Ohio State. Uh, going to go to that Plains region in the Big 12 and take a look at that Oklahoma State at Iowa State matchup. Go down south, break down Auburn at LSU, and then we'll wrap things up with a special two-star selection in the Power Sweep newsletter, and we'll let you know what that selection is when we get to it. But first off, let's go with our first play, Chris. Tulane at Navy. This is a good game. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, looking at it from the outside, and if you haven't followed the season that much lately, you would think, oh, Tulane and Navy, what's going on there? But Tulane is 5-2 and two straight up and against the spread. Navy 5-1 and one straight up and against the spread. So both of these teams have both been uh, very profitable, not only, uh, you know, here in, uh, you know, in, the, in Vegas, but also, I mean, the scoreboard as well with, with the fans going home uh, in, a, in a good mood. This line opened up. Navy was laying four. It's currently Navy minus three. Three and a half. 
And I'll tell you what, Chris, I mean, you've got uh, this Tulane Navy. Both teams run that option. Navy's is obviously the the triple option variety. Tulane runs more of a spread option. But it's a good matchup here for Tulane. They've held Navy's triple option to under 200 rushing yards each of the last two years. They just prepared for that option three games ago when they beat Army also on the road by over a touchdown. They held the Knights to under 200 rushing yards in that game as well. So I like Tulane there. Uh, Their quarterback, Justin McMillan, LSU transfer, he had an uncharacteristic three interceptions last week. I don't think Tulane's going to have to throw the ball as much this week, which which means no turnovers for McMillan or less turnovers, which also gives Tulane an advantage in this one. And one more thing that intrigues me here, Chris, uh, Tulane has a running back, Darius Bradwell. He's banged up. He's a great running back. But that actually may be a good thing for the Green Wave. Corey Dauphine. He's averaging 10.5 yards per carry for Tulane in that backfield. He's going to get more touches. I think that makes the green wave more dangerous. And I'll take Tulane plus 3.5 points. Would not surprise me if they pulled off the upset. It's going to be a solid game. But I do like Tulane plus the points here. Well, uh, the last three games in this series have been really close. Decided by 1, 2, and 7 points. Uh, big fan of Willie Fritz, what he was doing at Georgia Southern, and what he's done here at Tulane, turning this program around. It was a bad shape before he got there. Um, home team is 7-1 straight up, but the visitors actually covered four straight, so uh, point to Tulane there. Tulane is averaging uh, 126 yards per game, more than their opponents allow, uh, averaging 268 rushing yards per game. Defensively, they're only allowing 142 rushing yards a game, 4.0 yards per carry. So strong run defense, good offense, and more balanced offense than you usually get. They're averaging over 200 pass yards. You said they they won't have to pass as much this game, but it is helpful that they can pass if they need to. Um, It's always risky when you're playing against Navy because big fan of what Navy has going on, you know, for years, and they've had a very solid season. But Tulane's faced a little bit of a tougher schedule. My original line when we set this uh, set our lines last week was Tulane minus three, and I'm sticking by it. I think Tulane can win this game. I'm calling for the upset. One more thing is Tulane has arguably the best defensive line among all the group of five schools, so that's another nice uh, advantage there for Tulane in this matchup with Navy because of those, uh, obviously, Navy with their cut-blocking ability there. All right, so again, Tulane plus the points is our pick in this one. Okay, let's go uh, head out a little bit to the Midwest. Look at this Miami at Pitt matchup. Uh, Miami is struggling a little bit this year, coming in at three and four straight up and against the spread. Pitt? Doing good things. Narduzzi has them playing well. We've talked about them uh, numerous times here on this podcast. They're 5-2, and two, both straight up and against the spread. Line opened up. Pitt minus 5 went up currently. Pitt is now laying 6, so Miami plus 6 uh, in this one. And I like this matchup. Uh, Miami's defense... And Pitt's offense. I like the matchup. The Panthers, they're averaging just 391 yards per game. The Hurricanes only allowing 297 yards per game. So I think Miami has the advantage there when you factor in the defense versus the offense. Now, I I am not as keen on this game as my colleague Chris is. Uh, we have a, our differences. My main thing is when I look at it is, uh, you know, if you're looking at a game, could be close. Pitt's obviously uh, the home team here. And when I when I uh, really researched Miami, um, 
you know, they arguably are the worst kicking, have the worst kicking situation in America. I mean, they've missed a number of short field goals, a number of extra points. And when you look at this game being played in Heinz Field in Pittsburgh, Heinz Field is one of the most difficult places to kick in, not only just for NFL kickers, but college kickers have a very tough time as well because of that swirling wind in that stadium. That's going to pose even more problems for a Miami kicking game that is even more, that it, you know, that is already dreadful as it is. I like the, the coaching edge. Sorry, I got to give it to Narduzzi. I'm not a big fan of uh, of Manny Diaz for Miami as the head coach there. I think he's in over his head. But, uh, again, I go back to the defense versus offense thing. I think Miami can just keep this game a little bit closer. I'm not going to call for the outright upset because of that kicking situation. I think it may come down to a field goal at the end, and Miami's not going to be able to make a field goal if, they're, if given that opportunity. But I will still take Miami plus six. They, they, I think they can hang in this game, Chris. Well, I'm, I'm actually a little surprised. I thought you were going to be leaning pit because uh, we, we have had some conversations about this game. And uh, I, I know you're not a big fan of Manny Diaz. He has, uh, he has had some struggles so far. It's funny to think the last time he, they, they played here at Pitt, uh, Kenny Pickett had his first career start. Miami was 11-0, and number two in the country. And since then, they've gone nine and two, and basically Mark Rick just quit. Um, you know, it, it's it's been rough for the Canes. Uh, last week's loss versus Georgia Tech, you mentioned their field goal issues. They missed three very makeable field goals in that game, um, including one at the end of regulation that would have won the game. Gave away seven points on a fumble in the end zone, a lot of fake punt that uh, on a pass that ended up being a touchdown. So they easily could have won that game. And actually, if you go back and look, Miami's currently thir- three and four. Every loss has been close. Uh, you know, they could easily be seven and zero. The Virginia Tech game, they they had three interceptions in, in the first quarter, and fell down twenty eight nothing, and still nearly ended up coming back tying the game, nearly uh, tied it again in the last play regulation. The Florida game in a, a opener was close. The North Carolina loss was close. So they've had a lot of things go against them. Um, but the Miami defense just doesn't look like they took Georgia Tech seriously, but they're still allowing 76 yards per game below their average. It seems like Miami's biggest trouble is when they play as a big favorite, they play bad. And I think that's part, partly because Manny Diaz is a guy that coaches with a, lot, with a lot of emotion. He's the inventor of the turnover chain. He likes to get these kids hyped up for big games. Problem is, when they don't have a big game, they don't have anything to be hyped up about. So when they play Central Michigan, they only win 17-12. to 12. And when they play Georgia Tech, who everybody was beating on in the ACC, I think Miami figured, well, we'll do the same as everybody else without even trying. And they found out the hard way. Georgia Tech's actually improving. Um, but when I, when I look at th- this game, Miami's averaging 410 yards per game. Pitt's averaging 391. Miami's averaging two, uh, allowing 297. Pitt's allowing 303. Pitt's plus 88 yards per game. Miami's plus 57 once you remove that Bethune-Cookman game because you really can't count that. Um, it's the first. It's, it's the Canes' first road game since week two. They have the number 38 pass efficiency defense, and Pitt's become more of a pass offense this year with Kenny Pickett. But it's not all the pass yards they've been able to uh, accumulate haven't really turned into points yet with Pitt, even though I do like their offensive coordinator, Whipple. Pitt's kicker isn't doing all that well either. Alex Kessman has missed six field goals. I just think that this is the kind of game that Miami's defense steps up, keeps it close, and they're in the game at the end. And I could easily see the Canes winning this game, mainly because no one thinks they will. 
So I, I, I got the Canes by one. All right, nice. Yeah, well, I'll take the Canes plus the points. I don't know if they'll pull the upset, but yeah, I like it. And, and, and you're right. They have been uh, in close games all year, Those all those losses. All right, let's go uh, take a trip, short trip from Pittsburgh to Columbus. Look at uh, what would have been the game of the weekend had Wisconsin or, or Illinois played, by the, played uh, if, uh, I guess, not uh, uh, ruined the party last week when they upset Wisconsin. But, uh, you know, Wisconsin comes in now off that loss, 6-1, and one, angry off the loss, 6-1 and one straight up, 5-2 and two against the spread. Ohio State 7-0 uh, and oh straight up, 6-1 and one against the spread. Line opened up at Ohio State minus 14. It's actually Ohio State minus 14.5 now. Um, you've got the number one offense in the FBS, Chris, versus the number one defense. I mean, OSU is averaging 194 yards per game, more than what their opponents allow. Wisconsin holding foes to 187 yards per game, less than their average. So number one versus number one, got to like that matchup, uh, no matter what side you're on. Uh, again, emotions in this game. Football is a game of emotions. Uh, I think, you know, Ohio State's going to be a little bit less motivated. I mean, they were everybody was expecting Wisconsin to come in undefeated. This was going to be a huge game, uh, must watch. And then what happens? Wisconsin loses, takes a little bit of the edge off. Ohio State maybe not looking ahead of this game as much as they were. Uh, Wisconsin's going to be very, very, very angry. And uh, don't forget, I mean, that loss was a little fluky last week by Wisconsin. They were ahead by two scores late fourth quarter before uh, collapsing a little bit in Illinois pulling off that huge upset um and again one more thing in wisconsin's favor here a couple more things i should say ohio state you know they they blew out northwestern last week however they were held to their lowest yards total since their season opener wisconsin they're again i think they're going to be angry they just allowed a season high 315 yards i think they're going to look for that bounce back effort here i think wisconsin is motivated in this game uh, minus that Big Ten championship game, this game has been close. There's been a lot of upsets over the last uh, few uh, matchups, half a dozen matchups, I should say. And uh, I'm not going to call for Wisconsin to, to pull the upset. I do not think Wisconsin's going to win this game. Ohio State will remain undefeated. But, I mean, you're laying 14 and a half points. I'll take Wisconsin. I think they're going to make this game a lot closer than that. And, I, I, you know, I'll say this game will probably be between a touchdown and 10 points. But I'll, I'll gladly take the points here. With Well, not gladly, but I'll reluctantly take the points. But I do think Wisconsin is going to cover this spread. Well, that really was a shocking result last week with Wisconsin. But I still think this is a really good football team. Um, just caught in a bad spot, and they, they let down in the fourth quarter. Ohio State uh, averaging 298 yards. Per, I'm sorry, averaging 194 yards per game more than their opponents allow. Holding opponents 159 yards per game below their average. Just an unbelievable machine in Columbus right now. Really impressed by J.K. Dobbins. I mean, if you, if you didn't have him splitting the carries with Master Teague so much, he'd probably be in the Heisman race. I mean, he probably is right now, but I think he'd be getting a lot more talk. Um, you know. Great battle of running backs here, J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor. You know, you, you could take either one and, and, and ride with him, and I think you'd feel comfortable. But um, to, to win this game, I do think J.K. Dobbins will, will help the Buckeyes win. But Jonathan Taylor is going to keep Wisconsin in this game. I love the fact that Wisconsin is getting the hook. They do have a, a very good defense, number one defense, holding opponents 187 yards per game below their average. They clearly got caught looking ahead, but their their Big Ten title hopes, their their dreams aren't dead yet. And you know that's probably 
been the the message in practice this week is, you know, nothing's over. They, they still have plenty to play for. They can still win the Big Ten West. They can still possibly even make the playoff if they were to win this game and turn around and probably beat Ohio State again in the Big Ten Championship. Then they could still make the playoff. So um, I, I just have a hard time figuring that Wisconsin wouldn't put up a fight here. I think that they keep this within two touchdowns, and, you know, the Buckeyes do win the game, but I, I got to take Wisconsin with the points. And one more thing, too. He's calling for a lot of rain in Columbus on Saturday, which, uh, again, it helps the defensive defensive teams as well. So it could could be uh, could fa- factor in to a lower scoring uh, game. And again, defenses love uh, love that rain. So uh, look at, look look for that as well. All right, let's move along now to the Plains region. Got a Big Twelve matchup. Nice Big Twelve matchup. Oklahoma State at Iowa State. Oklahoma State comes in at four and three. Uh, straight up five and two against the spread. Iowa State five and two both straight up and against the spread. Line opened up, Chris. Iowa State was laying eight and a half. It's actually gone up now. Iowa State minus ten and a half. Now, when we put out our lines for this game, we had it close. We had it almost right at the line. We had Iowa State by nine. Now the fact that you have to lay over uh, double digits in this game uh, has me leaning with Oklahoma State now. You know, you got despite these two teams, they're they're trending in opposite directions. Uh, you know, Iowa State's been winning Oklahoma State a little bit on the downslide, but both of them have very, very high caliber offenses. Pokes running back Chuba Hubbard leads NCAA in rushing. Iowa State allowed 168 rushing yards last week. And don't forget, they allowed 228 rushing yards, 5.3 yards per carry versus ULM earlier this year. So I think Chuba Hubbard could find some success in the ground uh, in Ames. Also, Oklahoma State quarterback Spencer Sanders. You know, he's been plagued by turnovers the last two games. He's a young guy, but I feel he's in store for a bounce-back week. And uh, don't forget, he's got an elite wide receiver to throw to as well in Tylen Wallace. So Oklahoma State has that run game. They got that throw game. Really think they can do uh, do, do some damage, get off the schneid a little bit this week. Uh, last week's 18-point loss by the Pokes I think gives us some value here. They only trailed by four against Baylor mid-fourth quarter. It was our underdog play of the week. I did not think that they would cover that game, uh, and I was glad to see Baylor uh, win that game outright. But it wasn't like, you know, the 18-point the loss. It looks like it was a blowout on the scoreboard. It absolutely wasn't. It was a one-possession game mid-fourth quarter still. I like Oklahoma State in this game. Um, you know, I, it, it was it was a real close game to pick beforehand again when the line was was at nine. Now that's a ten, ten and a half again. I'll take, I'll take the pokes with the double digits here. I think Iowa State will win, but Oklahoma State will cover. Uh you know, Iowa State, I, I'm a big fan of Matt Campbell, what he's done there. Um, two really good coaches. you got to always love what Mike Gundy does because the wild man out there. Oklahoma State, plus 87 yards per game on the year. Iowa State's plus 147. Iowa State, uh, really good offense, but Oklahoma State can match that. Uh, I am hearing good things about Brees Hall, the running back from Iowa State, who's had 132 and 183 yards in his last two games. So you do have two really good running backs going up against each other. Um, you know, Oklahoma State, they've had a little trouble with their pass. They gave up 312 and 424 in their last two. But this is the first time Iowa State's been favored in this game since 2005. Um, I, I do think that Oklahoma State will keep this game just a shade closer than the line. I figured it was going to be around 10. Once it went over that 10 mark, I, I'd probably lean Oklahoma State. 
I don't have a real good feel for this game. I am interested in the total, though, because you do have two really good running backs, two explosive offenses, and I think you could see some points scored in this game. So with our totals game of the month, might be a good one to look at come uh, come Friday and Saturday. So we'll look at that. But uh, I'm, I'm going to call for Iowa State to win this game by 10. Oklahoma State just keeps it a shade under the line. Yeah, great point you made up, too, about Iowa State being an under, uh, being the favorite in this game because they're not used to being chalk in this role. They're not used to being Big 12 chalk at all until the last couple of years when with the success that Matt Campbell has had there. So, yeah, very, very good point there. Take Oklahoma State plus the points in that one. Okay, let's head down south. Another great, great game. Auburn at LSU. Auburn comes in 6-1 and one straight up and against the spread. I mean, both these teams just darlings there. LSU 7-0 and oh straight up, 6-1 and one against the spread. Line opened up, LSU minus 11. It's gone down just a shade, actually. You only have to lay 10.5 now. LSU is minus 10.5, the current line, as we do this podcast. Um, but you know what, Chris? I mean, this LSU team, to me, they look like they're on a mission. I mean, Joe Burrow... Wow, the quarterback, you know, he's the current Vegas odds leader for the Heisman. Unbelievable. Guy came in, I think he was 40-1 to entering the season. Now he is the current odds leader to win that thing, and deservedly so. He's been tremendous. Um, LSU, they were held under uh, 450 yards last week for the first time. So I look for Burrow and company to get back on track this week, despite Auburn holding opponents to 109 yards per game below their average. I know Auburn has that great defense, but uh, after after LSU's week showing – what week showing 450 yards uh you know under under 450 yards last week week for them i do think you're going to see a better uh, a little bit better more better offensive performance there by lsu here this week and you know what the main thing when looking at this game chris uh and seeing talking about joe burrow and auburn and they have a, a great great defense this is a huge step up for them as far as in terms of a Depending the defending the oppos, uh, opposition quarterback, you know they haven't faced a legit NFL prospect since week one, way back early, early, early September when they faced up against Oregon and, and Justin Herbert. Now they got to go up against another NFL caliber quarterback in in uh, Joe Burrow. They haven't seen one in about two months. I think that can be a little bit of a detriment to them. It's not like they have that every week in practice. I mean, Bo Nix is good, but he's no Joe Burrow good, and Joe Burrow is a definite. And not only Heisman candidate, but also an NFL talented guy. Uh, I like Auburn here. Or I'm, I'm sorry, I like LSU here minus the ten and a half. I think LSU uh, can win this game by two touchdowns at the very least. Well, don't forget we did just cash a three star play on uh, LSU on it last week on our late phone. So uh, LSU, you know that in Burrow had a really efficient game last week. It wasn't like they weren't moving the ball. They did run a little. Their offense moved a little slower than it has. I think uh, they're trying to maybe slow things down so their defense can play a little catch-up and not get so beat up. Because remember, their defense was really beat up for a little while. Their entire defensive line sat out a game. So, uh, their starting defensive line, I should say. So, I I think that was partly them uh, trying to let the defense kind of catch up and uh, not put so much pressure on them with those fast fast, uh, offensive possessions. Like you said, Burrow, amazing this year. Heisman favorite. Uh, it's completing 79%. LSU's put up the most yards. Six of their seven opponents have allowed. Auburn's defense is the best that LSU's faced, I think. They're holding uh, holding opponents 109 yards per, per game below their average. Marlon Davidson, Derek Brown combining for 13.5 tackles for loss. Uh, awesome defensive lineman. Derek Brown, probably one of my favorites this year. He'll be an early draft pick next year. But the LSU defense 
it's kind of the underrated, like, unsung hero right now for the Tigers. Because you're thinking, oh, this isn't as good as an LS, as good an LSU defense as it has been, right? Okay, they're averaging, they're allowing 319 yards per game, 20 yards per game, less than they allowed last year. Plus, they're plus you have to consider the faster offense that is on their side of the, you know, on their side of the field. So they're on the field more than they have been. Yet they're still allowing only 319 yards per game, and they're still performing better than they they were last year. Still holding opponents 79 yards per game below their average. They're just not shutting everybody out because their offense isn't eating up so much time of possession. Um, Jacoby Stevens has been a breakout star. He's their number two tackler, two interceptions, four pass breakups. I have a man crush on Derek Stingley, the, the, the true freshman, who's got three interceptions, nine pass breakups. There has been three straight upsets in this series, but the last two have been LSU. And when I think uh, – Ed Orgeron, you know, he just seems to have a way to win this game when his team wasn't as good as Auburn's. Well, now his team's way better than Auburn's. So I, I'm not really worried about LSU uh, not, not not stopping Bo Nix and the Auburn, defense, Auburn offense. And you know LSU's offense is going to move the ball some. So, I mean, I'm very comfortable with two touchdowns. I, I do think that... You know, with the uh, Bama game coming up soon, you'd think they'd have to worry about that. But you got a bye on deck, so you don't really have to think about Bama yet. Get through this game, then you got your bye, then you worry about Bama. So I'm taking LSU. They haven't failed us yet. The only game they haven't covered was against an FCS team. You know, they covered against every every other FBS team they faced. So uh, Tigers all the way. Yeah, no doubt about that. I, I agree. Okay. LSU Tigers. Yeah, LSU Tigers. Yeah, Tigers versus Tigers. Let's go LSU minus the points there. Okay. Last but not least, hopefully we'll give you a winner this week. We uh, we went down with our two-star last week. Uh, unfortunate there. Usually we've we've won more than we've lost on these two-star giveaways here in this Power Sweep podcast. Look to do so again this week. A little bounce back effort for you. We, and we had a couple to choose from. We went the Pac-12 route. Arizona State at UCLA. Arizona State coming in off that disappointing loss. Five. Five and two, though, still straight up. Three and four against the spread. Uh, UCLA Bruins under Chip Kelly still trying to figure things out. Although they did get a nice win their last their last uh, timeout. Two and five straight up. Three and four against the spread. Uh, line opened up. Arizona State was laying two and a half. Now you're going to have to lay over a field goal. It is at three and a half now for Arizona State, but that eh, doesn't scare us at all. We still like Arizona State. Uh, the, the, the struggling offense for Arizona State, I think they get just what they need this week, a matchup with a Bruins defense that was allowing 558 yards per game the last four games prior to facing a third-string quarterback last week. So I do like Arizona State's offense to bounce back against this UCLA defense that has given up yards in abundance. Arizona State they're off their worst loss of uh, worst ever loss under uh, head coach Herm Edwards since he took over as the head coach last year. UCLA they've already lost three games by double digits, including by 17 to Oregon State in their last game at home in the Rose Bowl. So uh, struggling at home is kind of the M.O. for Chip Kelly and UCLA, and I think they'll continue to do so this week. And uh, with a buy on deck, I look for the Sun Devils to just let it all out this week. Get that loss from last week out of their heads. Get the bye coming up. Get some confidence. I like Arizona State at, by at least a touchdown here in the Rose Bowl to beat UCLA. I really like that true freshman quarterback, Jaden Daniels. He's played well this year, 59% completions, 8-2 to two turnover ratio, or touchdown uh, to interception ratio. So, you know, but he did. he is coming off his worst performance, but – 
Last time I checked, Utah had a pretty good defense, and UCLA does not. So what happened last week with Jaden Daniels, I think, was a true freshman against the toughest defense he'll probably face all year long. So, you know, I chalk that one up, just disregard it. He'll play much better this week. UCLA giving up 66% completions, 312 yards per game passing, and that's after you consider the fact that last week they got to play a third-string quarterback and posted their best uh, pass D numbers all year. Um, Arizona State wide receiver Brandon Ayuk averaging 20.6 yards per catch. So you got to figure some big plays coming because UCLA seems to give up a ton of them. You mentioned the uh, double-digit losses for UCLA. Well, also consider the fact that one of the games they won, they were getting crushed in the fourth quarter and came back and won that game just because Washington State forgot to play defense when they were up 49-17. to um, UCLA does average 245 rushing yards per game in the last three, so they, they, they've figured out how to run the ball. But those were against poor run Ds. Arizona State, not a poor run defense. They're only a- allowing 100 yards per game rushing and 3.1 yards per carry. Herm Edwards, 5-3 and three against the spread on the road in his two years at, at Arizona State. UCLA, only 2-9 and nine as a home dog, so... Chip Kelly needs to do more than beat uh, a beat up on a, a beat up Stanford team with a third string quarterback and make a miracle comeback with, against Washington State for me to really believe in the Bruins. So I'm I'm taking Arizona State and I could see them winning by around ten points here. Yeah, that's our special two star play there for you. So Arizona State minus the points there. Okay, again, uh, before we sign off here, just want to remind everybody again, our college total game of the month goes this Saturday. Very, very, very big play. Very excited about that. Again, that top college total the last three years, winning at a seventy four percent clip, twenty six and nine to be uh, as a matter of fact. And again, go ahead, sign up for our uh, you know for our weekend here. We got seventy nine dollars special for that twenty twenty subs- uh, subscribe. Uh, you get that totals game of the month you get all of our star rated side selections all of our nfl selections and uh also you get a pair of marquees on friday and on monday okay well everybody that's gonna do it for us again this week are we gonna do the gonna do the code okay go ahead of course we are if you call in we will give you ten dollars off any late phone package including that uh package with the totals game of the month so all you got to say is triple M, MMM, and you get $10 off and, uh, you know, you get a lot of plays this weekend and that totals game of the month. And you can call us here in the office, 1-800-654-3448. Again, 1-800-654-3448. If you haven't picked up an, uh, an issue of our Power Sweep yet, you can do so online. Just t- $10 on our website at ncsports.com. The website is, again, ncsports.com, short for North Coast. Of course, that makes sense. And it's only $10 if you haven't seen our Power Sweep. Again, That uh, those college key selections, perfect 4-0 last week. Those NFL star-rated selections the last three weeks, 8-1. and one. And you know what? One more thing before we go. I got to let you know about the Power Plays newsletter. You can add that for just $50 with that Power Sweep subscription. The Power Plays newsletter has our computer-based box scores and projections. Those college four-and-a-half and four-stars in the Power Plays the last four weeks, 16-8. and eight. How about our NFL four-stars in that Power Plays newsletter? They are 10-2. and two. 
going back to last year. 10-2 and two run going back to last year. So uh, jump on board with that Power Plays newsletter as well. You won't be disappointed in that. All right, Chris. Well, that's going to do it for us uh, for this week. Again, thanks, everybody, for listening to this week's edition of the Power Sweep Podcast presented by North Coast Sports. For Chris Van Dyne, I'm Antonio Castro. We will talk to you again next week.